This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound On each episode of BarkCast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. Hi Russell, how's your week been here at Canine Point Academy? It's been good mate, thanks for asking. Excellent, right. I have a sensitive one for you today. Okay. Well, no, sensitive is probably, the, I don't know if that's the right term or not. Anyway, let, let's get to it. Um, this is an email that's come in from David. Okay. So David's written quite a long email okay. um, and, and quite emotional. Okay. And I'm not going to read it out, um, but the crux of it is um, that their Labrador is probably getting to the end of its life. And they want to know um, what to do and, and, and when, when is it time to do right, okay. something. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, okay, um, hey, David, uh, really sorry you're in this, this position. The, um, the, the horrible truth about owning a pet dog is that we know this time is coming. There is it, it very, very rare that the dog outlives the owner. So from day one... It's an expecting that now knowing that it's coming doesn't make it any easier. Um, and for those of you that are listening that have lost pets before, you will still know that the pain kind of stays with you for a while. Can I just say, um, and, and jump in yeah. on this, because I know you're going to get quite emotional on this one because I, I know you've been I'll, through I'll it. draw breath. <laughs> yeah. I've only lost one dog mm-hmm. and that was, um, and, and that was my English bulldog who unfortunately was riddled with cancer yeah. at the end. So yeah. it was the right thing to do. Yes. And, and, and he was, he was, it, it was yeah. time to, to put him to sleep. So I don't really have a, and, and that wasn't my dog. Mm-hmm. He was a girlfriend's dog. Yeah. So I kind of don't have a... Uh, that emotional connection in the same level. Yeah. yeah. So I, I can't really help on this one in, in that way. But I might ask a few questions. If, if yeah, I sure. ask out of turn, please no, no, just stop me. Because I, you know, I, I'm not as in touch if that's no i mean well in some ways you you are you've got kids um and a lot of people will say losing a pet is akin to losing a child and i I know parents and non-parents will have this big argument oh don't be stupid it's only a dog but for the emotional level and the the pain and loss that people feel that's down to them as an individual how anyone deals with any given situation in terms of grief or whatever is how they deal with it the key thing that david was really asking was about, about the when now, David, if you're lucky, uh, and this, this won't sound very lucky as it comes out, but if you're lucky, you'll, you'll wake up one morning, go downstairs, or, or your dog will just be there asleep next to you, and sh- she's gone. And in that respect, she's had a little snooze and just doesn't wake up. And I think for all of us, that would be quite the way that we would like to go, given the choice of alternatives. The, the euthanasia debate is rife within human circles. It is a much easier debate when it comes to dogs. Now, that debate in and of itself is perhaps a topic for another day. In terms of the when, I would argue in David's particular case, you've got a a Labrador at 16 years old, which is really pushing the boat for a Labrador. Um, That's a, to use the phrase, it's a hell of an innings. And you've had a really, really good run. It then becomes a case of, for me, and this, you know, regardless of the age, really, what is the quality of your dog's life now? Is your dog still eating and drinking, still sort of, you know, tottering around the house, able to take itself inside and outside, you know, go to the toilet on its own or, um, or what have you? Or is it a case of, 
I physically have to you know, lift the dog, move it outside to do its things, or it just makes a mess where it lies. It's, you know, can it see? Can it, is it showing any signs of dementia? Well, well, how would I know? Does it just, you know your dog better than anyone. So is it looking around like it's lost in its own environment? Is it just not really all there? Does it recognize you in the same way that it always recognized you? Is it walking into things? Is it walking steady or not? You will not have no doubt seen over the period of time a, a certain decline in cognitive function or physical function. And that's normal. It happens to, to all of us. It just for me becomes about that level of degree um, as to when that quality of life just isn't really there. Your and, level might be different and, from other people's and, level. And I think everyone's level is going to be different. Now, when it comes down to where things can be the same is when at whatever level you think your dog is at, you've made that decision. I think it's time to put them to sleep because that's what we're, we're really talking about. Now, here in, in Thailand, and I, I don't know what it's like in, in other countries, but certainly here in Thailand, the one of the, the base rules, that the, they're very against it. Most vets do not want to put an animal to sleep, regardless of their levels, regardless of their suffering. Really? It's, it's, I, I'm, I'm surprised by that. Just not but it's in Buddhist nature. You just don't do it. It's, you know, what it will oh, be, okay, be. it will happen in its own time. And that's, you know, if your dog is you know, quite happily tootling along and, and what have you, and then I can kind of get behind that. I don't want to expedite the process. If the dog is clearly in pain and clearly suffering, then, yeah, then I feel that there might be a need to, for us to intervene. We've talked about dogs and pain before, and dogs don't often show their pain. No, and they're, they're, they're even worse. They're good at hiding it. They're good at masking it, right? Um, which, again, doesn't really help. And they can't say, hey, look, I've, I can feel the cancels all over me. Please, you know, help me out here. Um, so, yeah, it is, it's a judgment call on our behalf. And the, the, the honest answer for David in all of this is how do I know when it's time? I can't tell you. That, that's the, the, the simple truth. You know your dog better than anyone. So it's about, A, managing the, that steady decline, which is going to come um, in the best way that you can. Now, whether that's just with your support, whether that's with you know, uh, medication or, or, you know, or that sort of assistance, as long as you feel that the dog's quality of life is being preserved or, or at least managed, then, then carry on. At some point, you're going to feel like I've, I've, and I know I did this with, with my previous, that I carried on keeping her alive longer than she should have done. Um, and it's a really hard one to know because you don't want to go, oh, she looks poorly. Let's put her to sleep tomorrow because she might have just had an off day. Um, but over the, the period of time, it, it becomes evident for us as owners, because we're so emotionally involved it's often difficult to see that because you just don't want to admit that the time is nigh. When it comes to making that decision, and let's assume we've, we've reached that threshold, we think, you know, now is the time. One of the key things here in Thailand, bearing in mind they're not actively keen on putting the animals to sleep, is they will ask whether the dog is still eating and drinking on its own. And if the dog still has appetite, that's for them seems to be their kind of, that's their red line. If the dog still has an appetite, they won't do it. They won't touch it. If the dog just isn't eating and hasn't eaten for a few days and it, you're having to help feed it, then they'll look at other factors and consider sort of the option. So, which is kind of, it, it can be good in a way because at least if you're jumping the gun a bit early, at least the vet's going to stop you and say, no, look, they, they're still eating, they've still got an appetite. Um, 
they've still got cognitive function they've still got physical function they're still moving um it's it's a difficult one i know and i'm I'm talking about this on an emotional level and i'm sure david is as well i've on the the darker side i've had people that you know dog's 12 years old you know we've you know we've had our our time with it it's time to, to put the dog to sleep almost to kind of expedite the process because you know the dog isn't as fun anymore I can't take it down the beach with the kids and throw a ball and all of that it's you know we want to move on with our phase of life and the dog's just an, an added thing to us which is horrible but it's it's the way some people are so um, that said having at least knowing that the vet will say well hang on a minute I'm not just going to do this for you for the fun of it you need to show me that the dog really is at this level so it's good to know you do have that kind of uh, balance is the wrong word but I can't think of it right now that that fail safe if you like that even if you're thinking oh maybe maybe now is the time because you don't want the dog to suffer I don't want to prolong this any more than I absolutely have to because it's I'm keeping the dog alive for me rather than keeping the dog alive for them at the end of the day but if you're if you're calling it early the vets at least would they would give you more of an indication of whether you you know this is this can be we can manage this a bit longer it's actually quite a positive thing that I think it, it, it can, it, it, it's worth having there. I mean, it's like, again, if they were just, you know, quick off the mark or not doing it at all, that would be a different story, but at least it's something else for you to kind of think about. And I think bizarrely, a lot of people don't think about food as being kind of a trigger item. So, you know, and David's got a Labrador. I mean, generally speaking, Labrador's food, I mean, <laughs> it's a given. The last thing that's gonna, the, dog, the dog is going to give up on is food. Um, so if you know if the dog, the dog did stop eating, that would be like, oh wow, the, the dog's not eating anymore. That's that's a big change. But a lot of dogs aren't bothered about food. So if you know Rover, you know, occasionally doesn't eat breakfast or doesn't eat dinner or hasn't eaten for a day, right? It, it I could, happens. I could throw Maximus in there because right, yeah, every now and again, yeah, it doesn't really bothered. So the fact that they haven't eaten for a day and a half or maybe two, it's like, well, you know, it's relatively normal. So you don't see it as potentially as a sign, but. Again, all these things are worth noting and logging in terms of over the course of, you know, whether it's, you know, weeks and months, how different is our dog now? Bearing in mind the, you know, obviously dogs are going to slow down. We slow down. We all get older and grayer and slower and, you know, have aches and pains and all of that. You are grayer, Russell. I'm a lot grayer now. But you are much fitter than you were <laughs> yeah. about 10 years ago. Yeah, well, there's that too. Can I ask a couple of questions? Um, and you, you, you've eloquently talked about this and i i've i've held off by <laughs> trying not to no, make it's a really true there's no there's no right or wrong answer no, there's no uh, this uh, is what you do and i'm trying not to make any ridiculous stupid <laughs> comments when you think the time is nigh and you kind of said to yourself yeah look the signs are there i'm yeah. having to lift up rover to take him or her outside and carry mm-hmm. over to the toilet and you know and, I, and i've been through this a little bit with the the english bulldog mm-hmm. where I'd have to help him do yeah, certain things, yeah. and, and 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 also flies were landing in him, and yeah, yeah. And, and stuff. I and I won't go into details because yeah. it, you, no, <laughs> it no, oh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't very nice. What's the process? So you go to the vets and you say, okay, okay, time is nigh. How does it kind of work? Uh, it's it's a very simple process. Um, it's a couple of injections, um, and, and away you go. The one thing I would say is, if possible, I would ask the vet to come to your house. It's the dog's environment. They know it. Um, and going to the vet is normally not the most pleasant experience for your dog anyway. Because they're going for injections. They're going to get poked and prodded. It's never anywhere they really have a great time. So if the vet doesn't mind um, and you know, pay an extra call out fee and what have you, have it done at home would be my number one ticket item if you can. 
because it's there in their own environment. They're going to be calmer with it anyway. Number two, and this is either way, perhaps for me, the most important part, be with your dog when it happens. Just be with them. Hold the paw, let them sniff your hand, stroke them, pet them, and just be there until the end. It's as... It's impossible for us to know whether the dog feels that or knows that or anything, but why you take the risk that they don't. And for us as owners, as I start to choke up on the memory of it, it's in a way quite cathartic. Uh, and I've lost a dog when I wasn't there. And I've been with my other dogs when they were. And it's a massive difference. Okay, I'm going to jump in so you sure. can have a breath. Thank you. <laughs> That's Okay. What happens afterwards? So the dog has, has had the injections and, it, gone to, and it's gone to sleep. And it's, yeah. and it's very sleep. quick. It's, it, it's a you know, couple of minutes. The, 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 to give you the rundown, the first one, if I remember, the first injection is uh, basic anesthetic. Uh, the second one um, knocks them out, puts them to sleep, as in just you know, snoozing. And the third one is the one that stops the heart. So that's the process. And it's over very, very quickly. There's, it's completely pain-free in that respect. And then once it's done, it's 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 done. What, what happens after? Yeah. So what 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 do you do with the? Because are there rules and regulations about what you do uh, to, with to a, a degree? With the dogs? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me personally, I've I've always cremated my dogs, and there are a number of the temples here. There's a couple of services actually that have popped up in recent years, but the temples themselves are actually not all of them, but some of them are quite good about it. Um, I personally had a little service. Um, for, for my dog, so the monks came out, did a chant, had the coffin there, had a few friends around, and we paid our respects at a funeral. They then take the casket, um, they cremate everything, and the next day they bring you the ashes back. Uh, and then what you do with those ashes, whether you bury them, scatter them, is again, it's entirely up to you. But you can just bury the dog, because when, when Lucky passed away, my English bulldog... In terms of burying the, the dog here, it's like in your garden. Yeah. Um, I mean, legally, I've absolutely no idea. I'm sure people I hope it is have legal, done it, because I've done what, it. Yeah, and I'm sure people have, and I don't. I honestly don't think there'd be too much regulation about it. I, I honestly don't know. It's a short answer. And again, I've so I went down the route of cremation. So I, I think that's one of those things. If you're going to bury your dog in your in your back garden, just do it. And uh, I think the important thing is when when I buried Lucky was to, he was the, when we got them back from the vets he was wrapped up really like, almost mummified mm -hmm. um, and then I put some sheets around him as well because someone had told me make sure because you don't want other street dogs digging up and stuff like that which is what technically why everything's six feet because um, the they don't yeah I wasn't that I, yeah, I yeah. wasn't that good at digging well, that's to be originally honest. why coffins were six feet deep that's why it's a six foot hole is that, is that I, I believe so yeah so scavengers don't dig it up. That was one of the original wow, reasons. There you that, go. That's why you've got a six-foot grave. Every um, day's a school day. Every day's a school day. Can um, I ask one more question? Um, do you think it's a good idea, knowing that your dog is getting old, to get another dog before or after? Um, so a little bit of both, because uh, I understand the link. That doesn't help, Russell, yeah, answer no, the question. It, it, it can't, no, it, it, it depends on you as an individual. Um, like for me, I've always, say always, um, in the last... Sort of 15 plus years, I've always had a multi-dog household. I've always had dogs in the house. At one stage, I was at four dogs. I went down to just having Sassy for about a year, which I loved, just having her and me having our me time. But I also, I missed the pack environment. For me personally, having more dogs was a plus. Also then, having the younger dog in the household, I mean, a lot of people will say it, it brings the age of your current dog down. They sort of, you know, 
they pep up a little bit. They've got a bit more spring in their step. But again, that, it depends on the individual. And, and Sassy, she's not interested in playing with the other dogs. So she's just quite happy tootling along on, on her own. So, um, but yeah, I'm sure there is, there's a benefit to the existing dogs in the house of having another one around, potentially. Another good benefit is if your existing dog is, you know, you know, reasonably well trained and, you know, very, you know, you know, comes when you call it and will sort of engage with you in, in a certain way. The other dog might model off of that. And if your dog is particularly social and you've now got a young puppy into the mix, particularly like Sassy is a, is a good example of this because she's in a bit of pain with her hips when she moves. She doesn't want other dogs around her that might bump into her, knock her over and all of that. So she will growl. She will snap and say, hey, keep your distance, keep your space. And then she's fine, which is a good social learning cue for the other dogs, the younger ones being around her. So yes, it can be useful in a number of ways. Least of all to us personally that yes, when one does finally pass over the rainbow bridge, we've already got another dog in the house. And that's invariably where we tend to dump all of that excess love and emotion that's something I would want to be careful about, but I'm, I'm not about to jump on anyone's bandwagon at this juncture over that. On the other side, just to, I know we're probably warbling on a wee bit, not having another dog in the house can also be quite cathartic because it just gives you time, as empty as the house is going to seem and feel, to really grieve. And I'm getting out your system is, is completely the wrong term, but just to, to go through as much of the process as you can and you will know when it's the right time to get another dog. It took me a long time to get another dog after Kay had passed away. And it's one of the, you, you'll know when you know, which I know is not very helpful, but it's, it's just the way it is. It's a very difficult subject. And I think... You, With no right or wrongs. No, and I, mm. I think you've, you've been very good to, to talk about this because I know I can, mm. people can't see your eyes, yeah. but I can. Um, so thank you very much. I don't think there's any, I'm not going to ask you to wrap it up or any top tips. Uh, David, I'm just going to say, look, if you want to get in touch, give sure. Russell a call direct. And if you're, I, we can also put in, it's just in the description sort about some of the services that are available on the island. It's just, again, it's relative to Phuket um, that are available, but I'm sure there are you know, globally similar services as well. Excellent. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, mate. Cheers for that one. Bye. Cheers, bye. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy. BarkCast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at j at shark13productions.com.